afternoon and welcome to the latest Nick Bradley Racing podcast. Um, things are beginning to get going now on the flat scene and um, certainly on the breeding side of things, things are uh, very, very busy at the moment. I think we've covered four mares in total today. And there's two penciled in for tomorrow, so things are hectic, but that's how we like it. Heading down to the Breeze Up sales tomorrow for the Guinness Breeze Up. Definitely my favourite Breeze Up sale of the whole lot. Um so I will be looking to crack on tomorrow and buy a lorry load of two-year-olds, hopefully fillies. Bought two coats from Doncaster and one filly. But I'll be trying to get more fillies ideally tomorrow. Um, I'm going to start by looking at uh, the horses that are about to run in the next two weeks. And then we'll have a look at the ones which have run. So um, we've got Mercy lining up at possibly Thursk on Saturday or Beverly early next week. She won a nice debut um, under Sam James. Didn't really handle coming out of the stalls very well, but that's that's fine for a debut. Yeah, it can happen quite a lot. Um, it's quite common with two-year-olds. I think she'll go very close. Wherever she runs, she'll run a big race. Um, we've got Ascending Glory, who ran at Southall. She will run at Catterick on the 9th of May. Slight change of plan with her. Um but she should be there or thereabouts in Catterick. Maspoda is going to go to Redka for a Phillies only race. Um, she should strip a lot fitter for her return to the racetrack. We've got an interesting day up at Redka on Thursday. We've got Seaham in the cellar, or the Claimer, sorry, and two Phillies in the, in the two-year-old cellar. I think all horses should run well. Zeham obviously loves the Beverly track, loves the uphill finish, is in the form of his life at the age of eight. Um, if he gets a strong pace to run at, he should be there or thereabouts. Um, yeah, we, sh- we, sh- we should have a couple of winners up there at Redcon on Thursday. Um, the Barry two-year-olds, Borging runs today at Suddle. Just by the time this has been sent out, it'll, it'll, be, it'll have already happened. I think she'll run well. Um, we're going to ride slightly differently. Um, I couldn't say she's going to win, um, but she came over to Ireland with a good report. So we've been disappointed. A new market disappointed since, but hopefully she, she puts that behind her. Um, subtle today. Hello, my darling, and a great race at Bath. She goes to Chelmsford um, on Thursday for the Chelmsford Stakes. Ryan Moore's booked to ride. She should go close. Um, fast response is also going to go for that race. We've got Lucia joining at Thursk. I was thinking about going, taking her to Nottingham on the 6th of May, and that's probably still the plan. But she could go to Thursk if that race cuts up. A schooler isn't far away from her return to the track. We'll see her hopefully in three weeks at York. Um, so that's her. Rhinoplasty runs this evening at Thursk. I think she'll win tonight at Thursk. Um, Run well last time. Step up to six would be a slight inconvenience, but she'll be that little, little bit fitter. And she's got a lower mark on the turf than she has in the lower weather. Honey Sweet ran really well at Newmarket with running against a high-class field of Colts. She's probably going to run at Newmarket on Friday uh, in the listed race where she'll be partnered with Eld- by Eldrick Jones, who also lines up. Kaboo disappointed up at, Newmar- at Newcastle. Um, I think we'll put that one behind us. We may go to Chester May meeting for the five furlong race there. If not, he could go to York for the Knots in 95. There. He has got dirt that sills as well. I'm going to talk to the owners in the next 24 hours and hopefully make a plan. Um, Al Karim ran a big race at Sandown last week. Um, 
just a little bit flat-footed for a period in the race, hit a bit of a flat spot. He will go to York on May the 13th and he will have a big chance. Late Marie ran well on debut at Beverly, finishing second. She's in at Thirsk again at the weekend. We'll see her out in the next seven to ten days. She should go close on her second start. Eldrick Jones has said he goes to um, Newmarket on Friday. Pleased to see the Twilight Lady win on her second start. Smart filly, didn't give a lot of money for her. Um, she could go across to Ireland for a listed race early next week. Um, she's definitely going to go ahead for the Marygate. She may go to Chester for the yeah, Lily Agnes, but I suspect she'll go Ireland and then to York. Jackie Chase, to me, to his two-year-old filly. Run two races. I thought Beverly was quite a good run. Just got tied up the hill. Um, a lot of teams need a couple of t runs as to, uh, before they can hit full fitness. She's in at the Red Casella. I think she'll take a lot of beating there. And that's pretty much it for the horses that are coming up. Uh, obviously, Guinea's weekend. Um, it's a shame to see Inspire, particularly as we don't have any runners in the race. Uh, I thought Inspire would, was a was a good thing at the weekend. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if George Bowie's cashier finishing the three now. That horse loves the track. Um, it's going to be playing at home, whereas lots of horses will be will be playing on unknown um, track, uh, ground conditions. Cashier has ridden on it every day and um, surely would go there with a great each-way chance. In the 2000 Guineas, you've got a fancy native trail. Um, took a little while to pick up a new market, but when he picked up, he, he fair took off. So we've now come to the review section of the podcast. Um, relatively pleased with how the horses are beginning to run. This time last year, our first two-year-old winner was at the Doncaster meeting that was held on Saturday night. Lucy Lulu won there. We were slightly ahead because Twilight Lady won at Ripon on Saturday afternoon. Um, so we're, we're kind of you know bang on, on where we were this time last year. Twilight Lady was very impressed with how she, she ran. Um, if you watch her race at Musselburgh, she gave away probably the best part of 100 yards at the start. Um, she feared that the uh, the cult, who was acting rather cultish, um, wanted to uh, give her some special attention. Um, so she, she kind of sat down in the stalls, waited, um, and couldn't win once, once, once she got out. Um, she actually ran a faster last two furlongs than the winner that day, and the last four furlongs were as fast as the winner. Um, so we went to first with plenty of uh, confidence. She was drawn against the rail. I thought she had a massive each-way chance. Uh, ben gave an absolute great ride, um, switching to the outside to come round the field. A horse with clearly lots of ability. Um, she, um, yes, yeah, smart filly. Beats the three or four horses fancy in that race as well. So I think I think the Twilight Lady is probably run to a mark in the low eighties. Um, as I mentioned in the previous, she's gonna she's gonna look to good on the listed route going forward. Other runners this week, we had Mercy run at Beverly. I think she's a winner waiting to happen. She finished a flying fifth later on. That Beverly race is worth watching the last 100 yards. There were several horses that kind of, you saw the penny drop late on. They will surely be going close next time out. I think the O'Meara horse was, was one of the other ones that flew late. George Barry, two-year-olds. A little bit disappointing at the moment. So Burging ran at Newmarket in a hot race. 
travelled strongly and then emptied. Um, some of the horses that she'd been beating have, have also run on the track and they've disappointed as well. George thinks that they want six or seven furlongs. Um, I hope he's right. So I'm, not, I'm not sure at the moment, but I hope he's right. Um, Carl's horses, Honey Sweet ran really well at Newmarket. Caboo disappointed Newcastle. It's probably my error. Rhinoplasty obviously won at Wolverhampton, and I think she wins again tonight at Fursk. Fast response ran a great race at Nottingham on debut. She will be there or thereabouts at Chelmsford this week. Al Kareem, little bit, little bit annoyed. Um, kind of this horse has um, done the same thing twice now. It's um, hit a flat spot and then stayed on. Um, looking at the time of the race, it was a, it, it was a good good time. So it, it wasn't as if they went a crawl. But it was. Um, I think that he'll he'll want to step up in trip. He's going to run over a mile four next time out. Probably go to York on the twelfth of May. Um, but all, you know, nonetheless, it was a good run at Sandown, finishing second in what looked a hot race. Lit Marie ran well at Beverly, finishing second. She'll improve plenty for that. And she's a good benchmark for the horses that took to come. Out of Carl's. I was talking to James, Carl's assistant trainer, and he had good words for two or three of them. And I think there's there's quite a few that are kind of late Marie level and maybe ahead of those. But we'll see all those on the track in May. Large action ran a great race, finishing fourth. Um, it looked like he got tired on the running, but uh, the jockey said that he was kind of losing his concentration when other horses came to him. Definitely the way to ride him is at the front. Um, he won't be seen now. He will have a break, and he'll come back early next year for novice chasing. Email will be on its way to the owner shortly, um, just in case doing the podcast before I've got to that update. Zian ran a massive race at Beverly. Looks like he's in the form of his life. Ben was buzzing, and he will... Um, We'll probably run at Redka this week, and he may also go to Beverly early next week. Eldrick Jones, very happy with this run at Newmarket. He should go, should be there or thereabouts at Newmarket this week. I think Ben's been booked to ride. Claude Avia ran a, ran a fine race at Catterick. Again, just didn't quite get home. Um, I think she's going to be winning soon. Um, just a case of finding the right race and getting the right opportunity and her level of fitness um, is when it's fully up to 100%. Hello, so now we've read the section, reached the section of the podcast where I look at um, topics in racing and, you know, that's pertinent to this week and anything that's been brought up. Um, obviously, the breeze-ups this week, I've got, been given a couple of questions that kind of relate to the breeze-ups. Uh, first question: How do you, how do and or did you select your trainers initially, and then decide which horses go where? So the selecting the trainers are very much, from an outsider looking in, it's 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 very hard to gauge how, who operates, who, each trainer how they operate basically, um, and I what I look for in a trainer is somebody who's straightforward. Uh, tells you as it is, doesn't cover anything up, sensibly priced, doesn't get too carried away with, with other costs like vets, um, things like that, but also has the flexibility of mind so that when I say, right, we need to go take this fully to Ireland, we need to take this fully to France, that they've got the 
staff and the mindset to go and do that as well. Um, yeah, kind of backward thinking, high costs, high vets costs, um, not painting the complete picture is my, my, my big turnoffs. Um, so the, the trainers that I'm using, it's changing all the time. Well, first and foremost, they have to be able to perform. They have to be able to train a horse. Um, but then after that, it comes down to those issues that I've just mentioned. Um, yeah, you want somebody who's going to tell you exactly like it is. I mean, I send out, if I send out 100 updates a week, 75 of them might be positive, 25 might be negative, whatever the number is. Um, but I'm never going to be a person who sends out the 75 positive ones and not send out the 25 negative ones. I don't, don't see the point of that. Um, so I like it told as it is, and I'm pretty certain my investors like it told as it is. Trainers are using it at the moment. Uh, they're sensibly priced. Trainers are ambitious. Trainers are performing to a high level. The jockeys that they use is also a factor. Um, I find it uh, frustrating that you, you, you go and buy the best horses, you send them to the best trainers, and then sometimes if they're not going to get the best rides in the world, then it's like kind of you've invested all this money and there's a barrier in the way stopping you achieving what you want to achieve. Um, so those are pretty much the the factors. Um, and yeah, my team of trainers I've got at the moment, very happy with them. People um, people got Roger fell down as um, not being very good with two-year-olds. Well, I've sent him, don't know how many two-year-olds I've sent him, not many, four or five, and nearly all of them have won. Um, we had our first two-year-old winner with Roger at the weekend, Twilight Lady. Um, like, this is that yard's well able to turn, turn a two-year-old. Um, and I think, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to send a lot more there. Lucy Lulu, Eldrick Jones, you know, expect, kind of prove that point, as does the Twilight Lady, and I'm sure she'll get better on what she's done so far. The way the terrain is, is, is quite different. So the next question is, um, what's my views on stalls training for two-year-olds and, and how the trainers use his varying approach? So some trainers... Um, well, trainers adopt a contrasting views when it comes to, to stalls. I'm going to try not to mention any names here, but some trainers would put the horses through the stalls the day before they race, and that would be their first experience. And then when they go to the race track, they would be slowly away, but they would generally hit the line hard, so they would be finishing off their race well. Um, that works on certain tracks, like Doncaster, Nottingham, Ascot, straight tracks, um, or if the races have been run over a distance. A lot of ours are five furlong horses, so I think it's easy to adopt that approach for mile races rather than five furlong races. Um, and the contrasting view of that would be trainers would put them through every day, would gallop them out of stalls many times, and you know that they'd be in front after 50 yards on their debut, but they might not be in front of the line, and they may not hit the, the line hard. Um, we had the Twilight Lady run up at um, Musselburgh and there was there was a colt that was being very cold that she put a start and he put her off um, but she gave him 75 yards start she ran the last four furlongs in exactly the same time as the winner uh, and then of course second time out she was brought a little bit smarter was able to go and win um, the first run was was almost the ideal experience for her looking ahead for the second run. Um, a filly called Mercy that we've got with Grant Chewer. I know she's done, a, um, I would say, an average amount of stalls work. You know, I'm, I'm not saying too little, not saying too much. Um, 
but she just didn't um, know what to do in the first 100 yards. And then she hit the line very hard at Beverly. She ran uh, the last two furlongs in a time which was equal to the winner, who's um, probably Royal Ascot bound. Um, it would not surprise me if Mercy went and won on her next start. And that first run of going through horses, weaving in and out, um, having sighters, having horses to aim at, is, I think is part of the learning curve. Um, and, yeah, I think the first one would be a big help for her on the second run. What have been your biggest mistakes at the sales and how has your strategy in buying changed since you struck out on your own? Um, biggest mistakes? I can't think of specific horses, but generally when you get carried away with the pedigree and you don't look at the horse, um, that would be that would be something that would be um, very, you know, anti. I'm, I'm all all the time working hard at sales, looking at all the physicals. Um, working out what the horse should look like, what it does look like, making sure they match up um, and just trying to buy the best physicals. And we've had, I've said this many times, but we had the best daughter of Goody Fan, the best daughter of Dandy Man, the best daughter of Ada, et cetera, et cetera. There's lots of them. Uh, best daughter of Cody Bear. Um, so, yeah, physicals are important. And when I'm not looking at the physical, early on when I was getting a bit carried away with the pedigree, thought that would be something I'd flag up as being a mistake. When attending the sales, how do you decide on a suitable price for a horse when making a bid? Um, so we aim for as little as possible, um, and we decide on a price based on when the horse walks into the ring. Um, so it's not a an, it's not a market like you would value a car or a house. It's a market based on what the vendor wants for the horse and the level of competition you're likely to face. To face to face. Um, so I I know for example if a horse walks into the ring. And it's got a fifty thousand um, yearling price on it, and it's a, a two-year-old. And the guy selling it is worth millions. He's and if it's any good, he's going to want a hundred thousand for it. If it's no good or got problems, he's probably going to want his money back. Um, so I look. Experience tells me how much I think the vendor would expect for a horse. Um, and yeah, I play it, play it by that. Um, I bought a baited breath colt at Doncaster last week. The guy who owned it. Bought it for eight hundred quid. He'd had it eight months, six maybe six months. Um, he probably stood him in ten thousand. Um, he told me beforehand it was loose at fifteen to twenty thousand, um, and then that horse I knew, I was able to buy because the vendor didn't have high aspirations. I liked the horse a lot. It had a low yearling price, and it was one that I thought was 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 going to be very viable. The flip side of that would be. Um, I'll see a horse that's got a yearling price of a hundred thousand. It's breezed well. The guy selling it um, generally does very well at the sales, and you know sells for six figure sums regularly. That horse is gonna if it's if I, if it's on my list, chance it's gonna sell for 200,000 Then it's obviously beyond me. The, I think the sale topper last week was a call that made two hundred thirty thousand. Um, I was on that call. Um, the it's a Tasley out of Bushy Park. Um, and 80,000, I probably would have had my hand up, but at 230, unfortunately, I couldn't. And that's because two people with a lot more money than I, fair to pay, um, had their hands up. So that's why I didn't buy it. 